You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Hey, loyal managemental listeners. I want to tell you about a great opportunity for the Jabberjaw Media Podcast Network and specifically our show, Managemental, which hopefully you tune into each and every week. The great merchandise company, Rockabilia.com, which is a one-stop shop for all band merch. They've got tons of genres over there. I've spent some time exploring. You know, they've got stuff that, you know, from our bands that we work with, you know, all the way up to the most popular bands in the entire world. As the guy who negotiated this deal, I am very impressed with how much they support and want to support our podcast network by giving us money, uh, which will absolutely support our hosts in all of their endeavors of what they're doing. And they're also working on ways to support the bands that are comprised of many of our hosts, as well as the bands who appear in the interviews across our network. So since I brought this up to you, you've spent some time over on the site as well, right? Yeah, man. I mean, you know, let me tell you, this is a company that's been around for 30 years. If you're into rock merchandise, this is the place to go. You know, I'm not just a dude in a band. I'm also a fan. And so, you know, I went to the site, I type in Black Sabbath, Pages and pages of killer merch pops up more so than even the Black Sabbath actual merch page. Cause you know, these guys, they, you know, they collect stuff from everywhere, but it, it's, it's all legit licensed merchandise and it's great. I typed in uh, cryptic slaughter, which is my first band. There's actually three pages of official merch there. So I can tell you from the uh, business perspective that these guys are for real. And if you're into band merch, man, this is the place to go. So before we get into today's great episode, please head over to rockabilia.com. By supporting them, you are in turn supporting us. Thank you. Hello and welcome to episode 44 of the Managemental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. This podcast is propelled by your input and feedback, so please rate and review and leave us a comment on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. I am your host, Mr. Blasco, and as always, I am joined by my good friend, the co-host from the other coast, Mr. Mike Mowry. My man. Dude, all I can say is, you sent me a photo. (laughs) You are like on a balcony in front of the ocean, and all you say is R-I-O. And we ain't talking fucking... Our speed wagon. We're not talking fucking Ronnie James Dio. We're talking Rio de Janeiro. Is that where you are fucking podcasting from today? Yes, I am. Uh, we, should right. may, we should maybe include. Uh, I'll, I'll send a photo to include in the show notes. Uh, absolutely. You get a pass. And, you know, we should take one minute to apologize to our loyal listeners for missing a week. And. You know, Blasco and I do not take this lightly. We love connecting with one another. 
We love the support that we're given from you guys, and we do every last thing that we possibly can to get on the phone each week on Skype to record this. And last week, it just it wasn't possible. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, we've you know we've endured a lot and and been able to pull off a lot considering both of our schedules. To, and to where it, it took us over 40 episodes to miss one is, uh, I think that's, you know, that's, that's a testament to our commitment to the project here. Um, I, I agree. So I'm going to give us a pass. You're going to give us a pass. But listeners, if you don't think that we deserve a pass, then we want to hear from you. And if you do think we deserve a pass, we want to hear from you. Uh, <laughs> you know, rate us and review us wherever you're listening to podcasts. And, uh, of course... Hit us on the askblasco at gmail.com for, for any feedback. But I'm pumped. You know, I was I was traveling like a madman last week, as you know. Um, and you were prepping for South America, which I'm dying to hear about. But at the tail end of my trip, it did me in, man. I just, I got, I've been sick most of the fall. I've been running on fumes. And it finally caught up to me. And so I spent the last three days on antibiotics, uh, but of course working, just not to the degree. Not 18 hours a day, you know, more like 14 hours a day. But today, I feel fantastic, so I'm so excited to be recording. So, hell yeah. I, I, I may not be in Rio, but I'm in Rio in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send video. Um, yeah, so in the last episode, we didn't have one. Um, but we encourage you to maybe go back and listen to some of the others. I know that uh, my personal faves that maybe um, would be good to go back and listen to if you haven't already would be the How to Get Your Song on a Spotify Playlist episode and a more recent one of How to Write Emails to Industry Executives. Those would be two standouts for me that I feel like our listeners could get a lot out of. So if you haven't listened to those, those are my suggestions. You got any? Yeah, I mean, and, and without knowing the specifics, I like the one where we talked about legal advice way back when, and it's the only time we brought on, you know, an outside uh, guest, our, our friend Eric German. Um, yep. I, I recall that being kind of cool, and I know you and I are, you know, without any promises and without giving away too much, we're looking at ways to shake things up and, and add more outside input uh, moving into 2018. Uh, but, you know... Like that was that was definitely one that I really liked. Um, I like the freeform one that we did when we were talking about the Loudwire Awards. I mean, I do think it's super helpful for you and I to have structure because, as you know, I can just talk all day. Um, but I also like us being able to, you know, riff a little bit um, just off the cuff, which uh, I know we're going to do again today. So hopefully, yeah, one of my well, favorite ones as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, let's do that again today. There. There are two uh, very critical things going on in our uh, world, and that is the end of Warp Tour and uh, a lot of allegations going uh, against musicians these days, and uh, some careers are being uh, ended very abruptly because of it. So, we're going to talk about those things today. Uh, this is going to be killer, so let's get mental. We gotta start with work tour. I mean, yeah. I feel like yeah, yeah. You know, we, we should. It's kind of because that's at least like that's at least like a high note in <laughs> in 
in in in in that it's not a high note that it's ending, but it's a high note in that for how long it lasted and and you know how what it did. Totally, yeah, and, and you know, there's so many interesting things about it. And and one thing I'm going to put a little asterisk on it. It's the final full U.S. work tour, is what it is. You know, and it's hilarious because you know, much like you. I'm in touch with Kevin, you know, throughout the year for, for a multitude of things. Kevin Lyman, founder of the Warp Tour. I, I really like Kevin because I feel he does something, albeit he's done stuff on a, well, on a far grander scale than I have, not speaking for you. And I think he always finds time to give back to the industry. You know, he's always willing to take a minute and give a manager like myself advice or just lend an ear. And I know he does it to so many other people that are trying to find their way in the industry, which I really admire. Um, I was having a conversation with him probably a month and a half ago. I was pitching one of my bands and, and he mentioned, actually I was talking to him about something else. And at the end of the call, he said, you know, while I have you, I want to let you know that this coming tour is going to be the, the final one. And, you know, he essentially said, like, it's going to be public knowledge soon. And then I never heard it being public knowledge. You know, this is like two months ago now. So as I'm walking around doing the things that you and I do, commiserating with other industry professionals, I'm like, did I make this up? Like, like you know, I don't want to go telling people this. <laughs> you know, or like, did Kevin put me to a test? You know, like... Where he's like, let me just give Mallory this piece of information and see how far it travels. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I had a call with him a month, you know. So that first call was about two months ago. I had a call with him about a month ago, pitching my bands, making sure everything was cool. And I, I brought that up to him and he said, no, Mike, actually, the day they were supposed to announce this originally was the day of that terrible shooting at the festival in Las Vegas. Mm. And, and he said, we couldn't in our right minds, you know, like made no sense to try to take anything away from those horrific incidents. And so, you know, whatever, now here we are and the news is out and yeah, what do you think? I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy. I mean, it's the end of a freaking era. The full U.S. tour of the Vans Warped Tour has been around for how many years? 20, 23, 24? Yeah. What is this? The 20... 25th will be in, 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 in 2019. So this is the 24th year. Sorry. Yeah. That will be the 24th year. Yeah. So for those of you that are maybe been uh, unaware, living under a rock, uh, Kevin Lyman, the, uh, the founder of uh, Warp Tour, um, announced that uh, this coming run, 2018 summer, will be the final run. And, and what he said was, with many mixed feelings, I am announcing that the last full cross-country run will take place in 2018. And it's, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's been around. What does he say here? Uh, uh, with the support of so many people, I have now spent the last 23 summers bringing that show to a city near you. We have brought that show to over 11 million people around the world and watched that same world change while doing so. So it's kind of it's kind of sad. I mean, you know, like I mean, it's got to be one of the longest running tours. I mean, you know, Lollapalooza was a tour when it first started, and yep. then and then that ended, 
uh, around the time that Ozzy Osbourne wanted to play Lollapalooza and the, the promoters didn't want him. So that's when Sharon started OzFest. And that ran for, I want to say, 13 or 14 years as a touring entity. And, uh, and then, you know, and then you had Mayhem that lasted a few years. There's, I'm sure there's some others that I'm thinking about, but, but you know, the, the bulk of this stuff has become destination festivals, weekend warrior hangouts, you know, two, two or three days, all of the Danny Wimmer stuff, the, the Riot Fest, the, you know, the Lollapalooza now as a, as a destination festival, you know, countless others. So, um, this, this not only marks the end of the of the warp tour which is sad i mean granted yes i'm sure that kevin will have warped events and it will become a destination festival type thing is my prediction but it's the end of the touring festival you know for a lot of of us musicians that have been lucky enough to do an Ozfest or a warp tour or mayhem man those were those were the funnest summers of your life and people you know newer bands aren't going to be able to experience that now which i think is interesting yeah, I mean, it's, I would agree. And, you know, it, it is admirable to have seen something go for so long. And, you know, I think the question that comes to my mind is, you know, I, part of my conversation with Kevin about him ending it was, yeah, he's been at this 23 years. I mean, he's in his 50s. You know, if you look at Kevin, he, you can tell he has been in parking lots for the past 23 years. Um, it's, it's not easy. You know, you're a guy that, that tour, has toured extensively. I've toured extensively. Uh, I've not done any touring for 23 straight years, you know, for, it's not even like it's short. It's the entire summer. I can't even imagine what it would be like to not have, you know, my summers in the way that, you know, I mean, I guess he's got his summers and his summers mean something very different. But I was surprised in some senses that, maybe he didn't find somebody else to kind of hand it off to. Not necessarily sell out, not sell it to Live Nation or AEG or any of the normal, you know, players that you would expect. But is there, you know, another person or team of people that could have come in and more or less taken over the operations and allowed Kevin to sit at home during the summer? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, here's some uh, you know interesting facts about the Warp Tour. It began in 1995, and uh, a footnote of mine: I was at the I was at the first one um, uh, when Lyman envisioned a traveling cavalcade that would marry his loves of extreme sports and music. The tour's maiden voyage of the U.S. included, no doubt, Deftones, Sublime, L7. Quicksand and Sick of It All, alongside respected names in the skateboarding and BMX worlds. Uh, in the ensuing 23 years, Warped has hosted close to 1,700 bands from superstars like Blink-182, Green Day, My Chem, and Fall Out Boy, to musical footnotes, as well as giving visibility to more than 90 nonprofit organizations. Which, you know, man, like, he's done a lot for a lot of people and and i assume that he will continue to do so because it's probably just in his nature the other thing here that i, I that i pull out of this is that i don't think that he woke up one day and goes man you, you know how i could you know how i could make a lot of money and spend my summers like if i create this like he was like 
I love music. I love extreme sports. I want to put them together into one thing and I want to go across the country in the summers and bring this to all the people that are fans of this thing, this counterculture of, of youth and, and sports and music and put those things together. And you know why he did it? Because he thought it was cool. And I, and I think that there's something to say about that. I was listening to Henry Rollins' podcast the other day, and he was talking about the, the, the book that he made, uh, Get in the Van. And anybody listening uh, that's in a band should just go out and get the audio version or the hardback version or the soft copy version. Whatever you do, if you're in a band, your Bible is not the Donald Passman book. Your, your Bible is How to Get in a Van by Henry Rollins. That, because, and my point of it is here is to, you know, drawing these two things together is that he was talking about whenever he was putting that book together and he just did it because he thought it was cool. I put together all these photographs. It's my diary from, you know, the Black Flag era. And, and, I, and he just put it into this, into this hardback thing. And it was just something that he, he did it because he thought it was cool, not because it was going to give birth to his publishing company. And you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, and, and to me, like, that moment and this moment resonates, resonates with me in a way to where you go, it sounds so simple, but on the other hand, for the people that are listening, whatever you're doing in music or in, in, in you know, whatever you're doing create, creatively, um, do it, do something that you think is cool. You know, it's like I'm in Rio right now because I put together something that I thought was cool. And it, you know what I mean? And it sounds, it sounds easy, but like, I don't know, man, like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just riffing away on a fucking side note here, but like, it's, it, it's, it's just something to where it, it's like, just do something cool. Well, <laughs> and it's genuine. I mean, not just cool, it's genuine. And, and, yeah. I mean, and, and that's a big recurring theme to people who have success. I mean, I, you know, I have my coaching platform and we've got this private Facebook group and at, you know, midnight last night, I was just, I, I went on a little rant in there, you know, not just trying to inspire people, telling them that like, I was still working, not because, you know, I was working because I know that's what it takes and I enjoy doing what I do. You know what I mean? And it was like, I, you know, it's funny. I'm talking to one of the guys in my office about what he's going to do over the holidays. He's like, oh, I got to get out of the house because otherwise I'm so distracted. I'm like, dude, I don't have that problem. I mean, my, you know, maybe I'm distracted with too many emails or too many, you know, <laughs> phone calls or trying to start too many businesses or whatever it may be. But like, you know, I'm not going to sit there if Stranger Things is on and disregard the work that I know I'm supposed to be doing. That's just not in my DNA. But, you know, back to what you're saying and really ultimately Warp Tour is, yeah, Kevin created this amazing, genuine thing. And I think at the end, and the industry has drastically changed from 95 to 2017, rolling into 2018. You know, just the touring climate has changed. This world of quote unquote underground, you know, music, uh, you know, the warp tour bands. I mean, it used to be the, the pop punk bands, you know, of Fat Records and Epitaph era, Pennywise, No Effects, Bad Religion. They ruled that thing. And then came, you know, kind of the, the metalcore stuff or the, I believe in Europe, some people even call, you know, like the screamo metalcore stuff, they call it warp Tour Metal. 
like literally. You know, the bands like We Came As Romans, you know, and, and Sleeping With Sirens and all these bands that came up, you know, that's what they refer to them as. And yeah, I mean, I think for him, uh, I guess, you know, the one thing to me is, is still, I'm just like, could he have found somebody else that could have embodied that passion, allowed it to, to go on? But I think knowing Kevin, you know, he wants to preserve it. He wants to make sure he's in full control. He's not giving up on warp. They obviously have done those cruises. You know, there will be those destination things. I mean, they talk about the fact that 2019 is the 25th year. So they're not going to do it in 50 cities, but they might do it in six. And more power to them. I mean, I remember when, when we were putting together, you know, I helped put together Summer Slaughter with Ash, you know, from Sumerian originally, and we did a tour of Thrash and Burn. And what was so funny is initially we'd created those tours to help our headliners. You know, to help our bands who were headliners make them seem a little larger than life. And so what was funny was once we moved to bands headlining that we didn't have any vested interest in, you know what I mean? Like we weren't, not, like it didn't matter whether or not we were helping out Cannibal Corpse. <laughs> when we would go to a market where the offer wasn't good, we would just skip the market. <laughs> yeah. But when we were in charge of the headliner, we wanted to make sure that they had great days, they had great pay, and we were losing money on certain shows, you know, because we wanted to help out our band. And so it is, it's hard to go to some of these cities, you know, Albuquerque, New Mexico on last year's work tour, you know, I think there was under 5,000 people, you know, it's no commentary on my end about, you know, Albuquerque other than shit, you know, that's a market that frankly, isn't sustainable for him to roll through there with the guarantees that he has, all of the overhead, you name it. Exactly. And he, he, wraps, he wraps up you know, his thoughts on this. Throughout these changes, the warped spirit will manifest in other ways. Uh, I am not done and have many more things I, ha I hope to accomplish for this scene that I have been so lucky to be a part of. Uh, Lyman says, I truly look forward to seeing as many of you as possible during this final cross-country run and getting to thank you for your support on this wild, crazy adventure. Take care and be safe. And if I know Kevin, man, he ain't bullshitting when he says he's looking forward to seeing you and, and thanking you. I, I, I would almost bet that he would walk through the crowd every single day and shake hands with every single person there that showed up and thank them individually. He's that Absolutely. kind of guy. No, it's going to be an amazing victory lap for him. And, I, and, you know, I think it's cool that he's able to kind of bow out of the final, you know, the full U.S. run or full North American run with some grace um, and be able to, to celebrate it and, and, you know, be excited about it. Um, and, you know, I think... Uh, I do know. I mean, he's looking to, to, to make another impact in the lives of this scene, you know, by helping, uh, you know, younger people, entrepreneurs, managers, you name it. He wants to be able to take his experience and, and make an impact, you know, on that level. It's cool. I mean, it's, uh, it's crazy. And, I, you know, I guess the other thing is it does. It leaves a window for something else to emerge, just like you're saying. Sharon wanted Ozzy on Lollapalooza and couldn't get him there, so she started her own fest. There will absolutely be something that that steps in. It might not be as big. It might not be as good. Um, but there will surely be somebody 
that comes in and tries to fill this void in one capacity or another. For sure. So on my end, I would wrap this up with, Kevin, you're probably not listening, but if you are, I personally want to say thanks for the warp Tour. And I would echo that sentiment wholeheartedly. Uh, he has helped, immensely helped the careers of so many of my bands, you know, and, and he's been a proponent of many of them when others in the industry may not have been, you know, case in point, a band like Ice Nine Kills. Kevin, Kevin has always rooted for them and always, you know, seen them as what they could be not necessarily what they were at any given time. So I will echo that. Kevin, thank you for all you've given uh, to to us from the work tour. And the sad thing on my end is there was one day every year where my wife's work and my work overlapped because she works for the, the, the nonprofit that does the truth campaign, you know, uh -huh. the, the anti-smoking stuff. And I work in the music business. And Truth Campaign was always out on the tour. And so when the Baltimore date came around, she needed to go and I needed to go. And that's the one day a year that our lives overlapped in the professional capacity. So uh, I'll miss that part of it. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um, moving on to the other topic, and we don't have to spend you know much time on this one, I don't think. But if, you know, the Warp Tour and stuff we were talking about being cool, let's talk about people that have been uncool. Um, and there's been um, a lot of, of allegations presenting themselves of people in bands that have even done Warp Tours that uh, have taken advantage of their fans. And I, and I find that to be a disappointing situation um, and it's happening a lot and for whatever it's worth you know you can people listening can do their own research on what it is that we're talking about if you don't already know but um, but I gotta say man like if you're in a band and you're touring the world and you have fans that are showing up and supporting you be respectful appreciate the fact that you have this opportunity because that's what it is and if you take advantage of it and you take advantage of your fans then straight up you're just an asshole and 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 fuck you for being that way that's all i gotta say <laughs> yeah i mean look it's a delicate 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 subject and you know i'm i'm like a bleeding heart liberal and you know i would agree with you like to be in a band, you you are put in a very privileged position, and you know, unfortunately, so many people do take advantage of that. Some people slip up. Some people are much more methodical. Um, you know, there's a very fine line out there, and you nor I are are here to to you know determine who has been accused has actually done you know what they've been accused of nor what the level of severity is. All I can say is this, in my mind, this is part of the, the pain point of moving towards a better place. You know, transparency in all aspects of our business has been a bit painful, but just, you know, it's also, once we're getting through it, it's going to be a little bit more egalitarian hopefully it's a bit more of a better place same thing here now you have people that are confident 
in in you know calling people out for their absolutely terrible behaviors, which you know I I can't even imagine what it must be like to to be in that position to have to hold something back because you're afraid somebody's going to ridicule you, you're afraid somebody's going to say no, there's no way this could have happened to you. You know, singer X or drummer Y or guitar Z could never do that because they write such great music. Like, how horrible is it to probably have to sit with that stuff and then, you know, finally be able to, to get it off your, your chest? But to me, the, the takeaway that I like, and, and I read an article on Spin last night about the, the guy, Sean Carlson, from FYF Fest, which is a big festival in L.A., and he was accused by four different women. And he even answers, and we'll put the, the link in the show notes. But at the end, he says, you know what? My actions were wrong. I was out of line. You know, I was using alcohol, and I don't know if he says drugs. You know, and I've, I've made that commitment prior to any of this coming out to, to quit using that stuff. And, you know, all I could do is apologize for my behaviors. And... You know, it doesn't take away the pain that he inflicted on any of the people that that he did inappropriate things to, but I do like the fact that as a culture, we are going to be more aware of the fact that this shit is not right, and that, you know, that's the takeaway from it. Yeah, it's going to be painful while people are going through it, but we're going to move to a place, hopefully where people do understand there are ramifications to this and they're going to understand that, you know, audience members, boy, girl, doesn't matter what the gender, are not here as a fucking playground, you know. They're here as fans of your music and it needs to be respected. So it's a little long-winded, but I, I do feel pretty passionately that there's a, there is a positive light at the end of this talk. Agreed, my friend. Well, that concludes episode 44. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. We will be back here next week. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blasco1313. We encourage you to email us any questions or comments you may have for the podcast to me directly at askblasco at gmail.com. If you have listened this far, much respect to you for making efforts to educate yourselves and taking your future into your own hands. Mike, any final parting thoughts? Before I get into my regular spiel about my coaching platform and my Twitter and Instagram handles and where to follow us and rate and review us, you know, because I did drop that in the, in the beginning, I have a question for you. Is this your first time in Rio or have you been there before? Oh no, I've, I've been here before. The, the, the view over the top of my laptop um, perfectly sits uh, where the, the view of the beach and the waves and all of the people. Uh, I mean, it's, like it's about... Ipanema? Are you like Ipanema area? Yeah, I don't have any idea. All right. It's all the same. All right. So I will say this. As a guy who was fortunate enough to, to travel much of the world through touring and then travel the world after that, there's a couple places to me that lived up to the hype, right? Like people talk about these places like they are magical. And, you know, and, and, and sometimes you go to them and you're like, really, why do people love this place? Um, and so 
on my list of places of they lived up to the hype. One was Rio de Janeiro. Uh, the other was Sydney, Australia. And I think there's a third out there somewhere. So soak it in, my brother. How many days do you have there? Uh, we have the rest of today, and then we have a show tomorrow, and then we are moving on into other cities in Brazil. Killer, man. Well, I, it looks awesome from, you know, my, my creeping on you on Instagram. So <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that we were able to connect. Um, yes, everybody out there in loyal listener land, do rate us and review us uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. It goes a long way in supporting this show. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at MikeOLoop. And as I mentioned, um, I've got a coaching platform, OuterLoopCoaching.com, which is providing resources to developing artists, you know, tools and toolkits that you know we've mastered over here through our years of managing and releasing records on our label. And now we are offering those tools to you. So check it out and drop me a line, Blasco. Always a pleasure, my brother. Glad we were able to make it connect and, you know, nothing like double fours, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, thank you and thank everyone for listening. Peace! This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Bowie, Dylan, Marley. You've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that made titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.